0: Research is a podcast that explores current nutritional research and health studies. Our lawyer says we have to let you know that this podcast is for entertainment, educational, and informative purposes only. If you have any health questions, see your doctor or licensed health professional. Welcome back to Research, everybody. We are back for another awesome episode. I'm Lindsay,
1: and I'm Lisa, and we are very happy that you are here with us to hear about yet another interesting study that we've pulled up to chat about. So, Lindsay, what kind of study are we going to talk about today?
0: We are going to talk. This one is uh, it's a really good one. It's short and sweet. It was called a short communication. It was actually really easy to read and get through, which was a very nice treat.
1: Yes, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and I am very excited because this is from our local university here, the University of Alberta. So, can cool. yep. yeah. So, the study is titled Involvement in Home Meal Preparation is Associated with Food Preference and Self-Efficacy Among Canadian Children. So, we are looking at how preparing and meal prep helps kids make better choices
1: which is amazing
0: it is and it's i love this and this is this was actually published in uh, 2012 so it's a little bit older but the message that it's sending is so fantastic that i thought even though it's a little bit older we definitely need to talk about it
1: very cool looking forward to it
0: yeah all right so let's get right into it let's talk about some of the background first Other studies have been done uh, with adults and adolescents looking at meal prep and its association with diet quality. Uh, And what they found in previous studies was that higher frequency of meal prep is associated with higher consumption of fruit, vegetable, micronutrient intake, lower fat consumption, less fried food consumption, and less sugar-sweetened beverage consumption. So just overall better diet.
1: Right. Overall better nutrition.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Children with obesity uh, rates are increasing. And so research really wants to start looking deeper into the hugely complex relationship between food prep and behaviors Mm -hmm. so that we can start to understand some of the driving force behind the choices people make and how to encourage them to make healthier choices. When we look deeper, um, child involvement is thought to increase perception of ability to perform different behaviors. And this is just helping them become a lot more self-reliant, self-aware of what they're able to do. It increases self-efficacy for just natural selection of healthier options. So day-to-day, what choices are they making around food? They make better choices when they have a better understanding of what they're capable of. In terms of meal preparation. In terms of meal prep and just anything really related to food and diet.
1: Excellent.
0: Yeah. So really enabling children and encouraging children has shown to help increase um, healthier option choices. And so this study is starting to look at how food and meal preparation can be used as a great opportunity to get kids to just try a wider variety of foods
1: which is amazing because really as, you know, health conscious Mm -hmm. people or even nutrition professionals, like all that's like been the message for decades is, Hey, everyone, let's try and eat some more fruits and vegetables. So it's not that we don't know that it's good for people. And the science has over and over and over again, confirmed this in every way, but it's like, what's the behavior? Like, like how do we actually make it happen? Because, people know, like generally people know that they have the choices and vegetable would be the better choice, but then how do we get them to do it? And that's why this is so fascinating. Yeah, yeah.
0: this is why I really wanted to talk about this today. Um, And really variety is key, right? We want to try and get as much variety, especially of the healthy food options as possible. And that's definitely something we've talked about before in terms of lots of colorful plant-based products and why they're so important. When we look at Patterns of behavior, children and adolescents have been shown when they're more involved in different activities, either it's sports or other types of activities that just keep them active, they are generally more interested in nutrition and vegetables and consumed healthier diets. And I think this is an interesting point, because healthier habits support making more healthier habits. So this is one way that we can feed into this positive feedback loop.
1: Right, which is which is cool because if people are eating better or they know more about different fruits and vegetables and how to prepare them. And then they start making better, continually better, more and more different choices that are also more health conscious. It's um yeah definitely gonna yeah. help.
0: So the other thing that they talked about in terms of different uh, activities were school garden programs, actually is one of the activities you can get kids involved in to increase their exposure to a wider variety of fruits and vegetables. And it's shown to be actually really good strategy to help Increase a wider variety of food preferences and vegetable preferences in kids. Uh, so that's a neat one. And uh, I do have an article that I would like to talk about later in the season that does relate back to that. Uh, so, Very sneak cool. peek for future studies. Stay tuned. Looking at other studies, previous studies include adolescents and adults that have shown that connection between meal prep and overall making healthier dietary choices. And so what this study is doing, because there was a gap in the literature with kids, so this study is looking at Kids in grade five and how active okay. uh, a role they play in meal prep, and then how that influences food choices. Right. So this was a cross-sectional survey. This means it's an observational study. So the researchers were not interfering or intervening in any way. We were just collecting data. A collective we were collecting data, and gathering all of it in one moment is really what that cross-sectional portion means and then it was all done by survey and the survey was done in two parts so there was a child survey where the kids were actually giving direct feedback on different veggies they like it was done in a very easy to understand way by using like happy faces and sad faces and neutral faces to say like how much they liked certain vegetables and how little they liked certain vegetables. Um, And then there was also a parent survey portion of it that was asking parents uh, how much the kids were participating at home in meal prep. And then some other factors like income, culture, and so on, so that those factors could be taken into account when the statistical analysis was done
1: right so this was a snapshot in time and a bunch of people were given surveys to complete so on our rating scale this would
0: be considered a four out of seven yeah
1: four to seven in terms of
0: strengths and this is because it's not uh at the top because it's not a meta-analysis typically observational studies are a little bit farther down the hierarchy but they are very valuable because when we're looking at observational studies this really gives us an opportunity to start noticing patterns and it gives us direction for future studies
1: right right it's like that kind of where are we at right now and then what opportunities do we have to dive in to other areas in different exactly. types of research?
0: Yeah. So right. uh, the surveys were handed out to a bunch of different schools in Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, it turned out uh, 151 schools participated, which was a good number of schools. About 5,600 surveys were sent out and 3,398 so about 3,400 surveys were completed and handed back which is a it's a good number you know it's that's one thing about these observational studies or surveys you're able to get a larger pool of data for little yeah littler cost I should say yeah Yeah. so we had a good amount that came back Uh, This was a mix between Alberta public and Catholic schools. Um, I believe there was a point made that there were some schools that weren't included, including Francophone charter, private and on reserve federal schools were excluded for some reason that I don't understand. I'm sure there's a good reason for it. I'm not aware of that in this moment Uh, because of the nature of the data collection, Uh, We're not looking, when we talk about statistics, we're not looking at p-values here, which is commonly what we look at in experimental studies. Here, we're looking at something called regression analysis. And what we're doing when we do this type of statistical analysis is we're trying to understand the correlation or the relationship between whatever the variable is, which in this case is how much participation there is in meal prep. And the outcome, which is vegetable and just fruit and vegetable preference and just healthier diet choices. So we're just trying to understand how tightly connected these two factors are. Right. Uh, This was a self-reporting survey. This is one of the drawbacks to observational studies, uh, especially self-reporting when people are just taking a survey home, filling it out. Kids tend to be a little bit less likely to... Try and please, right? Like they're just filling out paper. However, um, it is an issue anytime you have self reporting people, naturally, just by human nature, try and make themselves look better. And so we don't know how accurate the feedback is that's being given. This is something that's across the board in all survey type studies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But you know, it sounds like based on the description that they used, it sounds like they did their best to make sure that they were getting kids to understand the questions clearly and give as much feedback um, as possible. And then if they're not doing it in front of somebody, then, you know, we're kind of hoping that they're being a little bit more open and honest because they're not having to look at somebody and say, no, I refuse to eat broccoli. (laughs) (laughs) So which, which some people do. Right. Okay. So let's look at the results a little bit. Yeah. Kids definitely prefer fruits over vegetables. This survey was looking okay. at all of that. This is a no brainer, right? Yeah. Like fruit are nature's candy. They're sweet. They're easy to eat. Just, yeah. Just typically are your kids the same way? I know my kids are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fruit. You know what? They like broccoli. Yes. But um, yeah, fruit is fruit is a go-to. I, th- I find that fruit is kind of like the, the breakfast yeah. thing and then vegetables kind of come later in the day. So um Yeah. But but fruits and vegetables are good for you. No matter which ones they are, they are good. (laughs) Yeah. But because they are
0: sweeter, it's easier to get fruit.
1: Right. uh, More palatable.
0: Yeah. Um, They found there was an increased fruit and vegetable preference with the frequency of meal prep increasing. Okay.
1: So the more. That is a good, interesting thing. Yeah. So
0: to put this in layman's terms. The more kids participated in preparing food at home, the more or a wider variety of fruits and vegetables they were willing to eat. Very interesting. Yeah. Which is Mm -hmm. fantastic. I mean, all you have to do is get your kids to help, which is a great idea anyway. But now we have this added perk that now they're going to at least be willing to try and hopefully eventually like more fruits and vegetables. Right. Yeah, right. we saw a bigger impact on vegetable preference as the increase in meal prep increased. So, okay. yeah, there was a ten percent increase in veg preference as the kids prepared more food at home. So, because more, yeah. So, from what I'm just trying to
1: in my head get this together. So, when kids participate in meal prep, yeah. they prefer. They, ha- they, they prefer fruits and vegetables more than ones who yes. don't generally they'll like fruit more yeah. but if kids participate in meal prep on the bigger side where they participate more often
0: mm-hmm. they're more likely to like vegetables yes. very interesting and that's the one we really want to be pushing because that's the one where we're i feel we're going to get the most bang for our buck it's lower calorie it's really nutrient dense, really high in fiber, tons of micronutrients. And so vegetables really are one of the best ways to improve your overall health and nutrition. And so if we can encourage kids, even just from a young age, just to start liking and eating more vegetables, we're setting right. them up for lifelong Positive impacts to their health,
1: right? Nutrition, nutrition nutrition-wise, better nutrition habits and and getting more vitamins and minerals and fiber. And really,
0: yes, we have self efficacy that increased with increasing frequency of meal prep. So this means that even when they weren't at home and their parents weren't trying to influence them, they were making better choices for themselves about what what foods they were choosing to eat.
1: Yeah, I totally love that.
0: Yeah. So this is not only something where we're going to see the immediate impact, but we're seeing it when they're not at home and they're on their own making their own choices. That's fantastic. That's really what it's about, right? We're teaching our kids Mm -hmm. how to become successful adults. And this is one of the ways they can do that. And they can just learn how to make healthier choices all the time that they're going to carry with them around their world. So I just think that was was awesome. I was so happy when I read that. Uh so that was the results. Let's look at some of the uh take home points here. Yeah. Kids make healthier choices both when they are actually consuming meals at home with their family and when they're not at home uh when they're involved in more meal prep. Right. Kids show an increase in confidence with their own ability to select and consume healthier foods. I love that. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's they, they know what to expect. They know what they like. They've been exposed to a lot more things. And so they just have a lot more confidence in their own ability. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh,
0: kids and adolescents who ate meals more frequently with their families tended to have healthier dietary patterns. Okay, So that's something we as uh, nutrition professionals can definitely encourage. Meal prep time increases opportunity to positively influence eating patterns and food preferences. So when parents are spending more time with their kids, it gives them that time to educate and explain and to pass on skills.
1: Right. Skills. Cause meal prep really is a lot about skills. Like you go to the grocery store and you're like, I don't even know what this is, let alone how to prepare it or what it tastes like. Yeah. But when you, when you actually are like, that's a rutabaga. yeah. And this is what we have to do with it. And this is how we cook it. Then it's like, you're, you're familiar with it, right?
0: Exactly. Skills. It is. And then yeah, like, what do you do with it? How how can you eat it? Using this thought that spending more time gives us an opportunity to educate kids, nutrition, education, and a lot of the programs that we can really use to support this outside of the home is a great way to encourage kids to participate in meal prep. And this can be, and this is me just extrapolating on my own. This can be um, getting kids to look through cookbooks and offer suggestions over what looks good. I love cookbooks with pictures. Yes. And it's fantastic because you can give, and this is what I've done. I go to the library and I get a whole bunch of different cookbooks and I make sure they have lots of pictures and I'll bring them home and give my kids a stack of sticky notes. And I go through and just say, flag everything that looks yummy
1: that is a great tip that is a great pro tip
0: yeah and then that way this is this is what I like about it and I I'm more than willing to try almost everything that they have picked out but then if we eat it and it's horrible I just say to them well you're the one that picked dinner (laughs) (laughs) and they're like I'm not eating this I'm like this was your choice so you better eat it (laughs) Um, normally though it turns out fine (laughs)
1: Yeah, for
0: sure. But it's a really great way to get them to feel empowered Yes, and participate in making those choices, because when they are the ones making the choices, they want to try it. Right. There was something else I was going to add. Oh, uh, I know um, this. Parents might totally push back against this, but bringing kids to the grocery store and walking through the produce section and getting them to help pick out stuff. is a great way um I used to when my kids were a little bit younger and before the farmer's market and I would say to my kids pick out one new thing you haven't tried before and let's take it home and we'll eat that for dinner tonight and that's how I got my daughter eating and she loves oh my god beets are so good uh she she was trying them and she's like oh my god mom they're like candy I'm like yeah they are they're so yummy And then, of course, the active part of cooking the meal is is really helpful, too. And then that's also a great opportunity to be like, you know, this is a pepper. This is how you cut it up. Take a taste. Take a sample. This is a great opportunity to try it, to see what you're you're eating. And then as you're cooking, sampling as you go. Um, Some of the limitations of this study, it didn't look into what type of meal prep was actually happening. There is more and more ready-made foods and ready-made meals that are making their way into people's homes. And again, we're not knocking that. What we're saying is that the more food from scratch we can make, the healthier typically people are going to be. But there's lots of in-between. Often when I do work with families and clients, um, which I really don't do anymore, just too many other things on my plate. But when they're like, oh, I have to go buy frozen pizza because I just don't have time to cook. Often what I'll say is, okay, that's fine. I'm not going to take that away from you. While that's cooking, do you have time to make a big salad on the side?
1: Right. Yep.
0: So that we're just finding ways to modify to help increase the nutrition that people are eating. Right. So
1: it's true. Time, like skills is a very important thing. Time is another thing. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there are days where we're like, all right, it's like 630. Nobody started anything. Okay. We're just getting takeout.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Sorry. It's one of those days. If that day becomes every day, then there might be like, hmm, uh, let's look at this, but time and skills are so important in it. And it sounds that the study looked at people who spent the time to help teach their kids skills yes. and schools. Cause it wasn't even just all on parents and home. They were also looking at school gardens
0: Yes. Well, they, they looked about at school gardens in previous studies, they incorporated okay. at, as part of the activities that kids can do to encourage them to eat a v- wider variety of produce right. and just make healthier choices. It goes back to education, right? We just need to educate. This is what this is. This is why it's good for us. This is what it tastes like. This is how we can prepare it,
1: how we can do it. Right.
0: Yeah. It's making it's, it
1: happen is the, always the tough part.
0: Yeah. And, you know, getting kids, I I think kids can be such a fantastic driving force in some of the choices families make, right? When you educate kids on the importance of it, they normally jump on board right away. They want to participate. They want to learn. And if we can help them understand all the different steps involved and all the reasoning why they're eager, they want to do stuff, right? We just have to help them do it safely. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the things I thought we could talk about just in the last couple of minutes we have together, Um, these were grade five kids. So what do you think some of the, and this is not something that was talked about in the article, but I'm just curious Uh on your thoughts and perspective. What are some of the age appropriate activities that kids can do at that age? And then maybe we can talk about just some of the other things kids can do at various ages.
1: Right. So they're 10.
0: Yes. 10-ish.
1: yeah. Or, or turning 10, they could kind of do pretty much anything that doesn't involve. So I would say that they could probably do almost anything that doesn't involve walking away from an open flame, right? Like they could peel, mm-hmm. they could chop, they could definitely choose and help grocery oh, shop, for sure. help put the groceries away. And I, I think that they would even be able to put things together, except maybe just not, having an open plain stove and walking away from it. So yeah. hey, maybe what we do is yeah. we start with slow cooker recipes and then we don't have any of those risks at
0: all. That, that's actually a great idea because then you don't have to worry about like hot pots and spilling right and things of water and open fire. Yeah.
1: Burning if you walk away for 10 minutes. Like this is I personally yeah. love my slow cooker. What are you what are your thoughts
0: on what 10 uh, year olds can get I think in? with the right supervision. They can be involved in almost all steps. Um, obviously, a lot yeah. of the kids at that age can't do things like drain pasta. That's a little bit more high risk.
1: Okay, right. Yeah. Boiling water, t- a lot of boiling water. With, with risk, the right yeah.
0: supervision and the right guidance, they can definitely learn how to work with sharp knives um start them yep. small and and work them up like I know when my kids start working with some of the the bigger sharper knives I always make sure to teach them how to hold it properly And then if they're using their other hand to kind of press down on the top, you need to make sure it's a flat hand. You don't want the fingers curling under and possibly getting under that blade as they're pushing down on something. And so that's one of the key things like safety. I've even seen like they have some really cool, cool tools that you can use that kind of protect your fingers when you're dicing. Have you seen those? They're like finger guards. No. Yeah. Yeah. So and then I mean, if your kids are even younger, or you're concerned about, some of the safety around knives, you could try the slap chop. Do you remember that?
1: I do. It was, not It was, commercial? but you can
0: get them almost everywhere now. <laughs> um, but they're like those little devices and they have like an upside down, it looks like an upside down cup. And then you press down on the top and a little right. blade drops down and yeah. dices up whatever yeah. it is you want to dice up. So, you know, if you're looking at like dicing up an onion or carrots or celery, give them a slap chop, like I mean, we're recording right. this in October. Holidays are coming up. If you want your kids to participate more, <laughs> there's a stocking stuffer for you. <laughs> there you go. Very own that, that would
1: be really interesting. I've never used it, right? One of the things that came to my mind is you can buy chopped veggies yes. frozen. Like I've been getting um a mix of chopped, like dice, like tiny little like cubic centimeter sized dices. And it's a mix of carrots celery Mm -hmm. and onion and you just start with like a cup of it fry it up and then you can add in your pre-made pasta sauce and you've already increased your vegetable component and it's already frozen and there you don't even have to do that. But yeah there's so many ways to make vegetables yes easy in
0: well the other thing too is the food processor. If you have a food processor like if you're making the mirepoix which is the onion carrots and celery Get the kids to throw it in the food processor and blitz it up. They could right. do that easily. Yep. And then they're they're not being exposed to some of the blades. Again, they need supervision to make sure it's all going together right. But I love the safety on that because it won't work unless everything's locked in place. So exactly. there's a lot less exactly. risk there. But I mean, right, really, there's so many things that the kids can be doing. I know, uh, often at home, yeah. my my son is a little bit older, he's 13, almost 14, I'll get him to make the salad every night for dinner. I'm like, I'm going to do everything else. I just need your help to make the salad. And so he makes the dressing from scratch. He's really good at it. Actually, we'll just make it in the bowl with a whisk. We use balsamic vinegar, a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of Dijon and fresh garlic. And you just get up and then throw all the the toppings on. And I give them like tons of freedom. You want to do like mixed greens and add some fruit and add some nuts and add some feta cheese. Good, good to go. So, and there's lots of that. I mean, you can add almost anything. So that's, uh, yeah, Yeah, it sounds good. Lots and lots of different ways. So this is awesome. So that is the study. Uh, Get your kids participating more with every aspect of meal prep and you will reap. Rewards for years.
1: That's awesome. Behavior change, healthy habits, and it just looks like it's a way to get better nutrition and move forward. So I love this. So thank you so much for sharing this study. And I love that it was a local study, yes. um, right here in Canada, and um, they looked at local kids, which is really interesting. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. This is this is great and great tips. And I love. I love the tips you are giving on uh, choosing, just picking another vegetable. You know, bring it home and let's see what happens. Yeah. And and I I love that. Okay,
0: one more, and then we'll uh, sign off. Um right. One of the rules in our house is one bite to be polite is what we say.
1: Okay. So when we're trying
0: mm-hmm. new food, which is something we like to do fairly often. Uh, it can seem overwhelming when you get a plate full of a new food and you're like, I don't know what right. that is. I don't know if I'm going to like it. I don't want to eat it. It's a lot less daunting if all you're committing to is one bite, one, simple, right. one forkful, that's it. And so this is across the board what all of us do in our house as a way to increase the types of foods that we're willing to try.
1: Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Just try. Yeah. Just try. Just try a little bit and see how it goes.
0: Yeah. So don't forget to like us on all of our podcast platforms subscribe please rate us give us some feedback yeah we would love to hear from you email research ll at gmail.com do you want to mention twitter and,
1: yeah and we are also pretty active on twitter so thank you for listening and thank you Lindsay for sharing this great study full of good information positive information and a few practical health tips thrown in there too. So thank you.
0: You're very welcome. Have a fantastic day.